0: Amen. Yesterday, we were immensely blessed as, as guys. Um, the final session was taken by um, someone who is a good friend, uh, someone who I, I said to him that you are, you are a preacher. You know, some people have a gift from God to preach the word. He has a gift from God. He, he held all of us in his hand. By God's grace, yesterday, as guys. Um, he's got, uh, he understands the, the supernatural. Um, his book, Witchcraft in the Pews, is a bestseller. He understands how the enemy walks through the gifts of manipulation, uh, trying to mess up uh, the work of the Christian. Um, he has a large heart. He's the senior pastor uh, of the Bethel Family Worship Center in Durham, North Carolina, Bishop George Bloomer. Please make my friend welcome as he comes.
1: Bigger hand clap from you than that. If the Lord has been good to you, stand up on your feet, throw your hands up, and say, Only you, God. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap on this morning. Help me to honor your pastor. He was the set man of this house along with his lovely first lady. Come on, let's do that. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm so happy to be here with you. There's a scripture in the Bible that years ago when that used to happen, we used to stop and rebuke the devil. Satan! No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not Satan. <laughs> There's a scripture in the Bible in the book of Genesis, chapter number 11, verses 1 through a few verses there. And if you don't mind, I, I, I want you to open up your mouth. And I want you to read a few verses of this with me as we set up the message for this morning. Can we do that? And it reads like this. Now, now stop for a few moments. If you hear yourself, and now the whole earth was, a, and the whole earth was, a, and the whole earth was, then we're not reading together. Everybody say Amen. That's how the reading has got to sound. Everybody, clap your hands. That's how the reading has got to sound. Let's do it again, okay? And it came to pass as they journeyed. build us a tower up to the heavens and here's a dangerous thing let us make a name for ourselves let us make a name for ourselves turn to your neighbor and say lead that to God okay here we go Uh uh-huh are one. The people are one and they all have one language and this is what they begin to do. And now there's nothing that can restrain them to do if they imagine it. The power of unity. Watch this. Father, we thank you. We bless you today. We pray that the word that would go forth would be a word that you selected for your people's hearing. The way that you're going to touch, the hearts you're going to save, the lives that are going to change, the debt that is going to be canceled, the wealth that is going to be transferred. We thank you in advance for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. I am a spiritual warfare preacher the minor distractions that are going on right now that might disturb or bother you is a thumbs up from glory for me because anytime the enemy decides to break into a bank he makes sure that the bank that he's going to break into the vault is full. You never see the enemy breaking in to an empty vault. There's something that God wants to do this morning. And I just want you to look at two or three people and say, and you're going to get it too. And it's all about us coming together for a few moments and communicating one with the other one great writer says that having a communication pastor is equivalent to playing ball communicating one with the others community it's equivalent to playing ball it is said that in a conversation the way that you release the ball is the way that it comes back to you now it is said that the way you release it is the way it comes back to you. Now I'm releasing it to him very nice, but he's releasing it back to me with a thrust to it. What I've said to him, his response is different than how I released it. When that happens, oftentimes, the person that you're communicating with Chances are is talking to someone that is not standing there. And if I'm not careful, I will allow how he is responding to me to make respond back to him. Now we have a situation where he's really angry, but I'm responding back to him. And because he now realizes this, He's trying to respond to me in the way that I first started off talking to him. I'm now refusing to speak directly to him. So every time I talk to him, I make sure I bounce it off of something or someone. Anybody here understand what I'm saying? You're talking to the person, but you never talk to them. You always tell them what such and such a person heard Someone say, "It is also said that communication has a lot to do with commuting." One scripture says, "He sent His word, and it accomplished that which it was sent to do." So that the word is sent, and it has instructions that is associated with it. It's released, it goes forth, and those words comes back, accomplished. In our scripture text on tonight, God is up in heaven one day and uh, he's moving around and all of a sudden he hears the voices of the nation. And it's not coming up through telepathy or through, he can hear this coming up and so what the Lord does, he looks over one of his porches and he sees this building coming up through the clouds. Imagine with me for a few moments. For the text says that he found a land, a plain of land And they decided to make a name for themselves, and they built this temple, this tower, up to the heavens. And God looked over one of his porches, saw them coming up into the heavens without his permission. And says, pray too, let us go down, let's see the building of the city and the the, the tower. The history tells us that uh, Nimrod uh, uh, had began to build this tower up to the heavens for several reasons, one he wanted to make a name for himself, but he wanted to uh, to uh, have a place for all of his astronomers and his, his 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 sorcerers to all come up and view the sky and view the heavens and understand what was going on in the heavens. Uh, one writer tells us that they ran out of money at some point. Banks wasn't loaning them money, and so they began to make bricks out of burnt sand. And any time you take uh, 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 sand and put it in infernal heat, you come up with crystals. It is believed by many uh, uh, um, Bibelists that one of the porches of the Tower of Babel was completely crystal, forming somewhat of a prism. And so when the sun would rise and the sun would upon the angle of the sun, sometimes it would catch rays And burn people that was walking on the ground. Of course Nimrod would capitalize on this saying that the people who got burned because they were disobedient and he used his witchcraft and his sorcery and his mind manipulation in order to communicate and beat people into a position of control. There's a scripture that says God is not the author of confusion. How many believe that? But in this text. All of the confusion that came, came from God. God is not the author of confusion, but the scriptures tell us (laughs) that God confused their language so they could not understand one another. My grandmother and my grandfather is from Jamaica, the West Indies. They grew up in a culture where from time to time uh, there's some Obia and witchcraft and juju and fetish and Santa Maria, whatever you want to call it, whatever name it is, it's witchcraft. My grandmother, my grandfather, my grandfather was a very, very humble man. My grandmother was, she was some kind of a something or another, bless her, mean little heart. My grandmother was into witchcraft and for whatever reason, she wouldn't let it go. They passed through the church. They moved from uh, Jamaica to the United States of America and they settled in Charleston, South Carolina. So they moved from a place where witchcraft is in Jamaica to the capital city of witchcraft in the Carolinas. Their church never grew beyond uh, 20 people at a time. But my grandmother had a huge business all of the women in that was in the community that was having problems with their husbands, they would find themselves at my grandmama's house. My grandmama would sit down and she would talk to them. and She had these little men and she would write the names of these men on these little toy pieces and bury them in flower pots. To go to my grandmother's house, there were flower pots all over the house, outside, inside, every which way. And in those flower pots were men's names and women's names that she cast spells on and buried them in flower pots. As a little kid, my grandmother never liked me. I didn't understand it. I understand it now. I had an assignment on my life, and the anointing that was on the inside of me that I didn't know anything about, she knew about it, but she didn't like me. And my grandmother, she just, this woman just did not like me. And I wasn't too brilliant coming up. I remember when I was young, I didn't know how to tie my shoe. So she are going to tie your shoe today. You idiot, you dummy, you idiot, you idiot, you idiot. She called me idiot so much, when people say idiot, I say, huh? <laughs> idiot, stupid boy. You did. You're crazy. She didn't like my mother at all. And she did everything possible she could to make her little grandson not like her. And when my mother would bring us over uh, for, the, for, for, for the summer, this we hated it to be around Grandma Bloomer. She said, you're going to tie your shoe. I didn't know how to tie my shoe. You're going to tie your shoe. So I tried to tie. I couldn't tie my shoe. She stretched her hand. I would stretch my hand. She'd take a drumstick and hit me at the tips of my fingers. Now my fingers felt so swollen, I couldn't even hold the shoelaces. One afternoon, my sister said to me, she says, George, uh, uh, you got to tie your shoe because grandma is going to kill you if you don't tie your shoe. I said, I don't know how. She said, you're going to tie your shoe. She made the two bunny uh, loops, flipped them over, and pulled them out. And she said, tie. I, said I can't. She said, tie. she said, tie your shoe, George, because grandma, she started crying. And while she was crying, I took the two loops, put them together, flipped them over, and tied it. I didn't tie my shoe because I was brilliant, I tied my shoe because I loved my sister and I wanted her to stop crying. It was my first lesson in intercession. Intercession is not always praying for someone, sometimes intercession is praying as the one you're praying for. My grandmother, she was something else. One afternoon I was walking through the house and I looked down and there was this little toy man that had unearthed itself on top of the flower pot. I didn't have any toys or anything. I picked them up and I started playing with the toy. I looked down and found another one and started digging up in flower pots and started digging up these little toys all over the place. Now I got about 16, 20, maybe 30 of them and I'm playing with them and carrying on. About a week later, knocks started coming on the door. Ladies were coming into the house and says, I don't know what you did, uh, 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 Mother Bloomer, but uh, uh, he's yelling at me again. He's, he's, he's spending money. He's back drinking. He's doing this. He's doing the other. She says, oh, you're crazy. Nobody can break my spell. When I put a spell on you, you have a spell on you. I got the spell on you. Huh? I had a spell on you. A day later, I was sitting at the table playing with two of the men. My grandma said, where did you get that from? I said, um, it was in the flower pot. She said, don't touch my flower pot. Give me those things. Every toy that I had touched, without praying, without interceding, without calling on the power of God, when I touched it, whatever spell was on it, broke off of it. God didn't decide to anoint you when you got ready to be anointed. He did that from the foundation of the world. And, 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 and she wouldn't put spells back on it. One afternoon, she came to me. She said, come here. She never said anything nice to me. Come here, George. George, come here. Come here, your grandmama's baby. What I want you to do with this thing for me, no man. Want you take it? And I want you to hold this doll. It was the most hideous doll she wanted me to hold. And I held the doll. She said, hold it and put it in your pocket and walk around with it. Later on, she came back to me with another different type of thing, then another different type of thing. She had a little piece of some hair inside a a little pouch. She wanted me to hold it. My grandmother realized that everything I touched that had a curse on it, the curse was broken. So she decided to make sure I didn't touch anything she had a curse on, but to get things that was accursed and bring it and have me to touch it as a little boy that woman was a mean woman I remember when she passed away my mother came from school and my mother says George I want you to sit down I gotta tell you something and I said what's that she said sit down my mother was leaning up against the wall she said grandma Bloomer died I said Hallelujah. <laughs> That's how mean this woman was. When she would talk, my mother would say this all the time Huh? What you say? Huh? No matter what she would say, my mother couldn't hear it clearly. It became a thing inside our house that we would do it all the time. Huh? What you say? Huh? Which my little grandson, huh? What you say? They found a plain land in Shinar. And they decided to build up to the heavens. The tower is built up to the heavens. God comes down to confuse them. And the place is called Babel. What happens when you're pastoring a church this large but no one understands each other. That's the trick of the enemy. The plan of the enemy is to make sure that we don't communicate properly with one another. Huh? what you say? At Babel he uses tongues to confuse the people. At Pentecost he uses tongues to bring them back. From Babel to Pentecost, God uses a language. The language of Babel was to distract them. The language of Pentecost was to release the supernatural. As I sit in my seat this morning and I watch What is transpiring? The young man standing up here and one talking. He said, when I first came here, I didn't speak that well. English and so on. The people were patient with me to understand. They picked up on my nonverbals. They picked up this, that, the other, and they were patient with me. And then he shared his testimony, and then that next man comes on, and he's speaking in his language. What, what he said is, what he said. I, I was preaching, I think it was Tanzania, and I had two interpreters. And, I, I was, and the Lord said, and I had to wait for the interpreter to finish interpreting. The first interpreter would say what I would say, the over interpreter on the other side. Every time he would talk, he would talk longer. So I would say, and God is moving in this place. I'm waiting on him. He's not saying what I'm saying. And I have no way of proving it. I just got this feeling. So I said, and God bless you, i been there, he said, I said, you, you, you are confusing what I'm, the pastor came and told me, he says, he was trying out for his own revival service. When you're done, he's trying out for something. At Babel, God uses tongues. Pentecost he uses tongues and if you study the scriptures you'll find most of the tongues that are used at Babel the nations that are formed at Babel are the same nations that are spoken about in Acts chapter number 2. We taught down through the years, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the spirit of the Lord uh, gives you the utterance according to Acts chapter number two. But Acts chapter number two, they're not speaking an unknown tongue. Acts, Acts chapter number two, they're speaking unknown language. Now there was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heavens. And when this was noised abroad, the multitudes came together for they were confused. They were confused. They were confused. They were confounded. They were confused at Babel. Now they're confused at penning. Uh, they were confused, confounded. But here at Babel, they went around trying to find out who understood me. Oh, that's the Akakakakas. They understand each other. But at Pentecost, they were confused because every man heard him speak in his language, his native language. And the Holy Ghost fell. And the power of God moved in that hour. This is the hour of the supernatural. It's the season of transition. I was here in the country when the Queen made her transition. The most beautiful thing that I heard and saw, we don't see it happen in America. An announcement went forth and it says, The Queen is dead. The next word, long live the King. Complete transition. In America. The president. Did not win. The president that won. No one says long live the president. Or serve your term. They say. You didn't win. Someone stole it from you and a spirit of lie is in the land and that spirit of lie is not only in America, it's all over the globe. A time is going to come when men would rather believe a lie than the truth. We're in the season of the supernatural and I wasn't just here for the men's gathering, I'm here to tell you that God is about to do something supernatural in Jesus' house. That is going to separate you from all of the other ministries that are around if you wasn't here yesterday and and, and even if you're not a man, get the tape uh, and, and just listen to the first part of it if you don't want to listen to the whole thing. there is a generation that God is going to give you a word for, and no one else is going to be able to reach them but you. this is that hour this is this is that season of the supernatural where we must understand that God is pairing us with people that get what we're saying, that understands our mission, that understands this particular hour because we're fighting spirits that we've never ever seen before. Satan has opened up a brand new bag of intelligent demons that speaks, uh, speaks a rhetoric, a, a, a language that you don't understand but can very, very easily be drawn into. It's the hour of the supernatural and supernatural things are about to transpire in this particular season. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to uh, put up a tent. I put up a tent in Durham, North Carolina in the projects areas. Uh, Put up a tent. Tent set 480 people. The first night of the tent, There was five people up under the tent. I said, Lord, did you tell me to do this? The next night, there was maybe about 12 people up under the tent. I got 480 chairs, 12 people coming out. I'm a global national evangelist, set up a tent inside my city, and nothing happened. The fourth night, I'm in the trailer, looking out the trailer, seeing people walk across the pavement, counting the amount of people who are coming into the tent, praying to God, Lord, fill this place. A lady walks across in a stroller with a little baby in the stroller. An, uh, another young man with his family walks across. Then a, a, a young man, his wife and his two kids and a little boy comes running up under the tent and the little boy is kicking over chairs as he's walking up under the tent. Just kicking over chairs and throwing sawdust. Just walk up under the tent. Destructive, this little boy. And I'm watching out of, And so I'm saying the first person I'm going to get deliverance for is that little boy. Oh, he's going to get set free tonight. I have a word for him. Spare the rod and spoil the child. I'm going to get him. We're up under the tent. Out of the clear blue sky, the lady is sitting on the front row waiting for us to come out. Praise and worship has not started yet. It starts lightning and thundering. Wind starts blowing. A wind blows and picks the tent up. A downpour comes. The lady is running towards the trailer. They try to get in the trailer. She trips, falls down. The baby falls into a puddle of water and the tent goes on top of them. They run out to retrieve the girl. She's coming out. She's crying. The baby is blue. He's limped. There's mucus coming out of his nose and there is no pulse. There is no breath coming out of him. And I turn and I said, we're dead. We're right across the street from the, uh, from the police station, so the first responders get there very, very quickly, and they take the baby, and they start working on the baby. Working on the baby. For an hour, and nothing, there's no movement. They got oxygen going, and the Holy Spirit said to me, go and get the baby. I walked over to get the baby. They turned around. They was looking at the mother. They didn't know what to do. I went and I touched the baby. I picked the baby up. The Holy Spirit said, Blow on him. The third time I blew, the baby coughed. The paramedic snatched the baby and started working on the baby again. Life came back into the baby. Great day in the morning. Day one, day two, day three, absolutely nothing. A storm comes, knocks the tent down, kills the baby. The baby gets resurrected inside the trailer. The media is there now. They turn the cameras on. The camera's on me. They're asking me, what happened, Mr. Bloomer? What happened? I'm sharing with them the supernatural. I come outside of the tent. It's about 9.30 in the nighttime now. And this old woman walks across the the, the, the tent and I said, well, go home. We don't know what we're going to do. She said, ah, whatever God did in there, he can do it out here. She picked up a stake, and the stake is about 20 pounds. Old woman held it up. She said, we're going to put this tent up. We put the tent up at nine o'clock in the nighttime. At 11 o'clock in the nighttime, the tent was jam packed full with people standing all around it. God allowed a conflict to come into place in order to put eyes on what he was about to do. Great day in the morning. The miracle working power of God. And we keep on forgetting the power that God has placed on the inside of us. I was in Miami, uh, Florida preaching and I'm preaching a service. There's a lady sitting on the side and she has this baby and this baby is rocking back and forth, back and forth. And he's making noise. Ah, he's, making, ah, he's making noise. He's ah, making noise. He's making noise. He's actually disturbing me. I, was, I almost wanted to tell her to take the baby out. But the Holy Spirit calmed me and I began to preach. And for four nights I'm preaching with this baby making this noise making this noise, making this noise. I'm preaching against witchcraft and warlocks and all different types of things. The supernatural. The What you say, the supernatural. And uh, the revival is over. The lady goes home. She takes her son. She puts her son in the back seat of the car. She puts the tape in of me preaching all week long. She says she noticed that when she puts the tape in, the baby stops rocking and just starts listening to me talk. So she says this is because he's always agitated. He was born deaf. He can't talk. He can't hear. She says she kept on playing the tape, and one afternoon she was playing the tape, and she kept on hearing the baby say, mm, mm, mm. and while I was preaching, she was driving, and she said she looked through the rearview mirror, and it looked like he was disturbed. So she turned the tape off, and when she turned the tape off, he stopped. She rode for a little while, turned the tape back on, and he picked it up right where he left off at. So she allowed the tape to play. She says as she was driving through, he started rocking back and forth as if he was trying to say something to her. And he kept on going, until finally he said, Mama! He screamed, Mama. Now these are not things that I'm just up here telling you to get your attention or to get you excited about. These are documented cases. You can go online and pull them up and see the testimonies and see the miracle. Uh, a few weeks ago, I'm standing in a crusade preaching, and a man walks up to me and he says, Bishop Blumer, right? And I said, Yes, I'm Bishop Bloomer He says, Man, I got something to tell you. I Got a testimony. But I was getting rid of the leaves. He giving testimony. I tried to leave, and I said, He said, No, no, wait, just a minute. A minute. Uh, he said, Listen, I wanted to say this to you. Twenty years ago, you had a tent crusade say you had a revival and a baby died upon the tenth. and I, I said yeah yeah he said well I want you to know that was my grandson and here he is right here God is not only glory be to God getting ready to shake up Jesus house but he's getting ready to establish this particular house. And I, 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 I'm not making this message up to make you feel good. I'm getting you prepared for something that is about to happen supernaturally. In the next few months, you're going to see miracles take place. You're going to see people walk in that are deaf and the deaf ears open back up. You're going to see people who are going through a divorce and their marriages are going to be knitted back together. The, somebody say supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. Uh huh. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I come to tell you that every witch, every voodoo worker, every warlock, every person who's prayed against you, let them keep on because no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every negative word that has been spoken against you shall utterly fall. This is your season. This is your time. This is your turn. And you got to learn how to decree it and declare it. You got to learn how to open up your mouth and allow the words that come out of your mouth To be the uber for your angels The Bible says in the book of Daniel That Daniel opened up his mouth And he prayed day one But it wasn't until the 21st day Or the 24th day of the month That the angel came with the message But the angel says From the first day that you prayed I heard and I came for your word But the angel, your word Got caught between the prince of Persia The prince of polities The princes that was in the air I want you to understand that Angels travel on your words if you need a miracle, speak it into the atmosphere. If you need a breakthrough, speak it into the atmosphere. If you need, I, I, listen, listen, there's, there's, there's a few of you who the enemy has been fighting in your finances, fighting your business. If that's you, I just want you to stand up and turn around one time and sit down. When you begin to signal in the atmosphere that my broke days are over, I wish I had a church in here right now, that my broke days are over. You're broke, he's spinning like a top. That means he's been going through, but I promise you, over the next seven days you're gonna have a breakthrough there's somebody in here that's about to get a breakthrough if you've been going through in your body with reoccurring sicknesses something left and it came back I dare you to stand up and turn around as you stand up and turn around that thing is shaking off of you right now in the name of Jesus if you're going through financial situations where the enemy has got your money acting funny the devil I dare you to stand and turn you about to get a breakthrough this is your Hour, This is your season for miracles, for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. The words that come out of your mouth, they are spirit and they are life. I'm going to say it one time, they are spirit and they are life. I close with this. I'm preaching down in Jamaica, West Indies, and while I'm preaching, the friend asked me to come up and preach for him for eight days. I flew down there on my own ticket, my own dive to preach for him, and we got there. He says, listen, we're all on the fast. So, so since you're on the fast, I'll go on the fast. Uh, three days into the service, I realized that he's on the fast because they don't have any money. They don't have food. That's one fast you ain't going to break. You're going to be on that fast. uh huh? And I said to myself, this is something. The whole time I'm there preaching, I'm preaching more and I preach. Preach, preach preach and as I'm preaching something transpires something I realized that I'm fighting some spirits and so uh, I said to myself uh, you know on Sunday when this message is over I'm going down to the jerk pork pit and I'm gonna get me some jerk uh, chicken and jerk pork and I'm gonna enjoy myself and they can stay on that fast if they want to I'm riding in the car up to his house get to his house and it's an eerie feeling we look over the, sh- the, the 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 dashboard and the pastor's wife starts screaming ah! she's screaming I looked over the dashboard the voodoo workers had come to the house, drew a big circle and threw a chicken in the middle of the circle, gutted the chicken and wrote obscenities in blood on their door. She screaming and hollering. The pastor turned around and he said, listen, you be quiet. She put her hand over her mouth. She didn't know how to deal with the, the voodoo workers or the witchcraft workers. She was afraid of him. He got out of the car, walked over to the dust and pushed the dust side to side, picked the chicken up and walked inside the house. I followed him inside the house. As he walked inside the house, he took the chicken and threw the chicken in the sink. Began to pluck the rest of the feathers off the chicken. Uh huh. Went up on top of there and put some seasonings on the chicken. Put a frying pan on the fire, put some grease in it, and fried the chicken. When the chicken was finished frying, he brought it to the table. Everybody sat around the table, and this is what he said He says, Bow your heads, let's pray. Lord, you know we didn't have nothing to eat all week long, but you said you would prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You said you would anoint our head with oil, and our cup will run over. Ah! The words that you speak are powerful and they are light. We went back to church that night. He got up and he says, listen, the voodoo workers came by my house and they brought some chicken. If you decide to come back let's, next week, stop at the grocery store. Bring us some milk. you know? <laughs> yeah Uh, no weapon that is formed against you by any means is going to prosper the God that I serve he's going to bring you out no matter what Uh, accusations and criticisms are the final stage before spiritual promotion you can always tell how blessed you are gonna be tomorrow by how much hell you're going through right now if you're in this room and you're going through a storm you're going through a trial you're going through a situation I dare you to stand up and turn and as you turn God is gonna strip that thing off of you and put your super on top of your natural and give you power victory and authority over all of the forces of the enemy now turn and look at your neighbor and say huh what you say whatever you say you shall have I am healed I am delivered I am prosperous I have power father we thank you this morning for your people in this room, in this house that change is coming supernatural change is coming it's not a mistake that Bloomer and Agu was reacquainted at this time a time where government needs to hear a word from God Strengthen the man of God. Give him power and more position. His character has brought him this far. Bless him. Every desire that he has, fulfill it in the name of Jesus. And we give your name praise for it. From Babel to Pentecost. Huh? What you say, you shall have what you say, give the Lord a praise in this place, ha. give the Lord a praise in this place, give the Lord a praise in this place, you shall have what you say, you shall have what you say. You shall have Drop me in my key What you say Breakthrough is in this house and in this room Right now Father In the name of Jesus Every person that has experienced Financial calamity, lack, shortages. Turn it for them right now. Turn it for them right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, bless the giver as well as the receiver. Multiply every gift. Give it back unto them, good measures, pressed down, shaken together, running over. In Jesus' name, amen. It's your time, it's your season, and it's your turn.